ladies and gentlemen, transmitting direct from Lion's Den Studios in Los Angeles, California, Crew S Studios and Danube Productions bring you The Conduit, bringing together motivated artists to share their experience and to pull back the curtain for a first-hand look at a life in the arts. This episode, our guests are rapper Jack Wildchild Brown and his son Miles Brown from the hit TV show Blackish. So adjust your antenna, relax, and tune in. Your program is about to begin. All right, welcome everybody to episode three of The Conduit, a podcast where I sit down and talk to amazing, courageous people about making a living in the arts. Today, my guests are rapper Jack Wildchild Brown and his son, actor, dancer, and rapper Miles Brown. Both Miles and Jack came up in Oxnard, California. Jack, alongside his bandmates, producer Otis Madlib Jackson and DJ Romes, forming the influential hip hop group Loop Pack, and Jack's son Miles, who has been surrounded by music and dancing since he was a little kid. The Browns constantly made the trek from the 805 to auditions and dance jams in Hollywood until their hard work and an appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show landed Miles the role of Jack Johnson on ABC's hit TV show Blackish in 2014, now on its eighth and final season. Since then, Miles has decided to follow in his father's footsteps and release a rap record called We the Future with appearances by Slick Rick and Dame Dalla with Jack right behind him about to release his brand new LP, Omowale, featuring guest spots by Pasta Noose of De La Soul and Big Daddy Kane. Both Miles and Jack's infectious personalities shine like beacons, spreading their message of excellence and familyhood far and wide. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Jack and Miles Brown. Yeah, welcome to The Conduit, you guys. Word up. In the building, we in the building. <laughs> yes, sir. So um, the conduit is basically like I'm trying to give listeners, you know, uh, kind of a glimpse into the reality of people who are making it and doing things in in artistic lifestyles, whether it's acting or music or, or, you know, painting or whatever. And Mm. uh, for many of us that started at home, you know, growing up. So I want to start with you, Jack, Mm. and just kind of talk to you about what growing up was like for you, man. Records in your house. What inspired you as a kid growing up to get into what you started doing oh man we're going back um yes <laughs> i think i can't remember how young i was exactly but i do remember i had like glimpses of periods in time and it wasn't just one defining moment so yeah. the first moment was that moment when my pops my mom and pops bought me my first record player yeah and I was probably behind everybody else getting, you know, when a product when a product comes out, turntable or whatnot, I wasn't the first to get it. I might have been the last, you know. Uh, but when they did get it, I remember they got the turntable with the dual cassette deck. Oh, yeah. Okay? And it was crazy because I had no records of my own. Yeah. But I was learning how to find certain radio stations because we live in Oxnard, California. So we didn't really get um, all the radio stations, you know, without, you know, putting the foil at the end of the antenna and trying to, (laughs) you know, hot wire to Mars 
Uh, oh, yeah. I remember but, um, but I do remember the dopest moment was my uncle took me to get my first record. Yeah. It's my uncle Tony, rest in peace. Uh, and he took me to get, it was Curtis Blow the Breaks mm-hmm. and One Way Chase Me. Was hey. the first, yeah, it was the first record I got. And then this was right before Christmas. And then I remember my parents got me the Thriller album. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, they got me the Thriller album. So, <laughs> playing records was just trying to figure out how it worked. You know, I, you know, no one taught me how to not mess up a needle, you know, and all that type of stuff. And then I remember I would play so many cassettes because I was borrowing my uncle's cassettes that I broke the knobs. Oh, yeah. So this is the key for me. This was when I had to physically go in and, and cause they weren't buying me a new one. If I broke it, I broke it. So this is where I had to physically go in and put more effort into the pause, record, you know, so you can record from your records, you know what I mean? Mm. And record from the radio. Mm. Yeah. And I remember that was the moment when I finally was able to tune in to K-Day and find out about K-Day and I was, um, listening to a lot of music that was played on that station than I ever heard. All the hip-hop, and this is, um, you know, DJ Hayes, more mm. as a popper, but he was one of the DJs on K-Day. And um, when I was recording, I just started experimenting. I didn't know, no one had cell phones, no, no internet, of course. I didn't know other people were doing what I did, which was recording from the radio and trying to manipulate songs or the breaks of a song by pausing, recording it. This is like the birth for me of mixtaping for myself. And I would do that and record. And I mean, it was to the point where I was, um, my cassette, like, like a, like an old VCR when it eats up the, the video Mm. thing on the inside, my cassette player was eating up the the cassette. (laughs) So that's when I started becoming a, uh, 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 a mechanic taking cassette tapes apart mm. and trying oh, to fix yeah. them. And then yeah. I'm like, man, am I the only one going through this? Is this the-? <laughs> you had to get those so, eyeglass, little tiny screwdrivers yeah, for eyeglasses. Man, I was going through all that. And I and I remember that's when I started thinking, okay, I can manipulate the cassettes and try to uh, you know, pause, record songs right. to make them last longer than they would or uh, right. how to rejuvenate a certain part of a tape before I discarded the tape. And then um, in addition to that, with my Uncle Tony on my mom's side, yeah, which lived on a different side of town, when I was with my Uncle Kevin, yeah, he was the one who was more into record collecting. Okay. So he was the one that had all the funk, R&B, music repertoire. Yeah. My Uncle Tony, he had more of this just straight rap. Okay. You know, and he always dressed like a B-boy. Okay. So I had two uncles on two sides of the family that that to this day I thank them for everything because that's what, you know, on one sense, one uncle I was appreciating him in real time. My other uncle who had the records, I learned to grow into appreciating. Lo and behold, the reason I'm telling the story is this uncle with the records knew Madeline before I knew oh. Madeline. Oh, really? Yeah, so him and Madeline, 
somehow were either trading records, borrowing records. You know, <laughs> he, I think Madeline was aware of Uncle in the town. Um, it's a weird story. Like, you would think, like, that's how I would meet Madeline. But I was more into sports. That's why yeah. I wasn't appreciating the music till later. Gotcha. And, um, gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty much what gave, because I wanted to be like him and dress like him, Uncle Tony on one side, and yeah. Uncle Kevin, you know, I ended up learning more about appreciating music later in time, you know? So he, I was a knucklehead with tons of records, just tons of records all over the place. And it was in my way. Yeah. Can you imagine that? In Records <laughs> yeah. in my way. And now I'm like wishing I had probably half that collection he might've had back then. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that, right. that, was, that was the birth into that later, you know, within a year or two, I ran into DJ Rome's and the rest yeah, is history. Yeah. Well, God bless uh, uncles with good taste in music. Yeah, man. Man. Well, you're talking about, you know, fixing cassettes and doing mixtapes with cassettes. And my next question was, I'm, I'm wondering the difference between you growing up and Miles, you growing up. So what what is what, what's the thing that growing up with your mom and dad and your sister that brought you into what excited you about music or about acting as well, too? But what was the first thing that kind of sparked your interest? Um, it really came from my dad. I, I, I mean, it was kind of a combination of different things. I would say, um, growing up, I would always watch all the Michael Jackson clips, all the James Brown, uh, dancing videos, the Jabberwockies, just a bunch of different people. And, uh, I guess that kind of inspired the dancing side of everything for me. And then I'll say for the music end was, you know, mainly more through him because, um, I could say, I feel like I wasn't like a lot of the kids who are, you know, are my age. Cause I know a lot of the kids didn't grow up listening to funk music and old school <laughs> hip hop and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was mainly just through him and just, the, um, I guess I would say since when he would go on tour and do like certain shows and he would show me, he would like record everything that happened and then he would come back home and he would just show me clips of like oh. people dancing and like, you know, oh, like the, the cyphers going on. Yeah, so he would just show me that, and then that kind of inspired me to start, um, just to start dancing because it just seemed super fun. So he kind of just, yeah. I guess the funk side was, I guess, that was like the first genre of music that I actually started liking. Yeah, like. funk, man. That was probably... Because I danced to it. So that yeah. was what made me like it, because I danced right. to it. I think what the dopest thing to me, I think the dopest thing to me as a father, letting him hear the music, because I didn't know he would like it. It wasn't like I sat you're going to listen to whatever we play in this house or whatever. No, it wasn't like that. It was like that sometimes, though. You you did in the car. Like, in my car. In my car, yes. But it it, it rubbed off on me. Cause yeah. It, it but the connection I remember was you would like, because it was like mainly the birth of YouTube, right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember you would like watching Soul Train, hmm. you know? Mm. And I would show you, because at the time he was born, I know that uh, YouTube had lo so many episodes on yeah. in there on you know you could search and find. So I would play him clips of Soul Train, sure. and then literally clips from overseas, right. and I would tell him, "Look, they're dancing to the same songs." Yeah, you know, and it wasn't like I was educating him; he just recognized the music. So, for example, Cameo. That was probably one of your first favorite groups. Mm. Yeah. He's watching YouTube. He's watching these clips I was showing from overseas because. At that time, the events I was going to, they would play a lot of these songs in their entirety, not just, you know, like break, 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 back and forth. And it was like, it was like he was just eating it up. I didn't even know, because to be honest, I would play it for him, 
but I wasn't playing it for him. I was playing it for myself. He would come sure. in the computer room. What are you looking at? Yeah. Oh, well, there's the, check this out. Remember that song you were listening to on, or you were listening to here? Look, that's the song. And then it just, he was like, oh, because it was like his yeah. whole world was starting to open up that it wasn't just on TV or, you know, yeah. and um, and then he liked the groups. So right. I'm like, you know that group we would want to listen to? Here's the actual record. Yeah. And I would and I would play the actual record. Yeah. So combining all those three together, the 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 icing on the cake was he's watching them dance. He's better a dancer than I am. I was like, I could do some of that. Yeah. Let's do it together. Right. So it's like it was it, imagine sports. That's the best way I can describe it. He likes watching this player, this player. He heard of this player. Yeah. They wear the same kind of uniforms. Yep. He likes it. He wants to play it. I might be a little nice with it myself. Let's go play together. That's the right. best way to be inspired. So he just wanted to do it. So I cut myself off early. I was going to say the best part as a father was when I would pick him up from school. I don't know if you remember this. There was times that I wouldn't play uh, funk or whatever. And yeah. literally he would say, can we hear some funk? <laughs> nice. You, remember, you probably remember saying that. Yeah. When he was saying that, I'm like, oh man, ask what did you say? Ask me that again. <laughs> you know. But oh, it was all great. it was all fun, man. Yeah, man. Well, it's such like you know, obviously, it's the same thing. All the, all the the hip hop we all grew up on was, uh, you know, it's sampling all that stuff that that uh, your uncles were listening to, and all those old funk records, jazz records. It's all the same thing, you know. And it's, right. It inspires. It's crazy how many people our generation um, just were inspired to go back and dig. Like I came up with a dad who was a jazz bass player, so he didn't listen to Cameo or James Brown or anything like that. Right, he was right. listening to Miles Davis and Coltrane. Like mm -hmm. he was older, but uh, through hip hop, I started investigating. You know, like what's that bass line from? What's that drum beat from? And then you find out the original records, and that's inspiring right. too. It's just endless. Right. I learned. I started to appreciate that more once I met Madlib, uh, right. learning who, who were the composers on a lot of yeah. different songs. But but then again, I was so late that by the time he's throwing all these names to me, yeah. I probably didn't appreciate it the way I know he wish I would have appreciated. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember when he first played me Fela Kuti, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, you know," or this is before Quasimodo's. <laughs> project he would play a lot of music miles mm. and he would you know just show me or 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 we'd be watching a movie a movie because i was in the movies we watch a movie i like he would be like you hear you see that here's here's the soundtrack this is what this is what they hear here's a, the person that played the music on mm. blackula or an old movie right you know and i i wasn't i wasn't connecting those dots because i i was more into what i'm the finished product side of it you know sir sure yeah. sure well, it takes a certain brain, and Otis and Egon and dudes like that don't yeah. have that brain to just right. remember all that information. It's amazing. <laughs> yep. They're like historians yep. and musicians at the same time. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, I know you guys moved to L.A. from Oxnard, and you came up in Oxnard, obviously. And what's what's the transition? What was it like moving from Oxnard, having been up there for so long and now being in L.A.? Um, I mean, for me, it is, it's just crazy because it's like, Oxnard will always be, you know, like where I'm from. So, ain't no fun. No, it was just like I don't know. I mean, part of me could say that like I'm always been in LA, even if I'm from Oxnard, because it's yeah. like 
when I was, I started acting when I was like, what, like six or something, six, yeah, seven. Yeah. So ever since then, the we would, yeah. So we would be in pretty much LA like every day. So um, I was kind of just used to being in that, that whole area, that Hollywood area. And yeah. uh, I guess moving there just made it easier for us to go certain places. And I was, I was ready because it's like, I knew I was already doing homeschool. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, oh, I'm moving. Yeah. So all my friends are like, you know, they already are used to that. So. Um, I don't know. I was just I was just ready for it, and it was just fun ever since. But I do still miss Oxnard because you know Oxnard's always going to be like my uh, my home. For sure. You you would always not complain too because the drive is like yeah what, it, about an every, hour. He, he like we would like it was crazy. You don't even know how many times it was like every single day after school we would always do auditions like, <laughs> it's like a field hour trip. an hour and a half drive hour and a half drive back probably even longer because yeah. of traffic. So this was when like yeah. little mobile devices started becoming a thing. Right. You know, not not phones. But like, you know, kid devices or the birth of iPads or whatever it may yeah, have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He had those those devices that most kids learn from. So we were like, it helped. You know, he would blink. We we're already in LA. It make the drive easier. He wasn't right. tired. He's always energetic. So that <laughs> never changed. And um, yeah. but it was always fun because it was always the reason we would go to LA was because we would always hear there was a jam. You know. Yeah. And once we yeah. went to one or two, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he started loving going to jam. Now, me, I would go anyways to support yeah. or maybe be part of a jam. But when it was like I was able to bring him or yeah. Kiana at the time, um, he was like, let's go. What's going on next? And he would actually enter. A lot of people don't really know this, but he would actually enter the battles at, at four and at five and hey. battle. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, and that's that. It, it reminded me of like, the dancer's name is uh, Little Coco, the kid that most remember from Breaking. Oh yeah, that oh, kid, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's a uh, that he was always around adults. Uh-huh. You know, you know, in the movie, and that was actually a little real life, yeah. and the the dance world embraced him in that same yeah. way and told me that. Right. You know, when they see him, it was like, "Yo, when I was four, I wish I could be around what they're around now." So it kind of made us, you know, feel real welcome. You know, yeah. when most when most kids or parents would be at the park or doing right. sports, you know, sports, other, you know, typical kid things, too. So, yeah, man. I, I wanted to ask you, you were just talking about how you've been home, how you homeschooled, I assume because of acting. But we yeah. homeschooled our kids. And one of the things I loved about it the most was just that they were constantly around littler kids and older kids and adults and learn yeah. how to kind of be cool around all these different age groups. It was more of a, a community thing as opposed to going to school yeah. and you're separated in your grade. And I wonder if yeah. that played into your homeschooling and how that worked with acting and all that. Um, well, first. Well, well, yeah, I, I started off with just regular, um, was it, it wasn't, it wasn't public school. It was yeah, no, school. you're in public school. Yeah, uh, I was in a, yeah, charter school. Uh, but I started off there and I just hmm. went all the way till my first year of middle school and I didn't I didn't do middle school. So basically okay. what happened was I um I started blackish in my like what fourth grade? Uh-huh. Third, fourth grade, and then I went all the way till fifth grade. And then while I realized blackish. Wow. Yeah, while doing blackish and it was the biggest struggle that any person ever can imagine because um it's already a hassle when you have to do independent studies for like a day. And like sure. your teacher has to give you a day's work and you have to do that while you're gone. And then when you come back, you got to give all your papers and stuff so she can right. grade it at the end. Um, but just imagine that for weeks on weeks on weeks, piled of work. So basically my teacher just had to give me 
almost a month or two at a time because I would be gone for so long and I would have like a right. slim day that I would be off to go back to school and give all this all this paperwork of all different subjects. Oh, wow. And um, at and that point, memorizing lines and being on set. All yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Mrs. Yeah. Kent. Yeah. Shout out to What's Mrs. Her name? Kent. Mrs. Mrs. Kent. I'm giving her a shout out. That was his teacher. Um, God bless yeah. her. Beautiful. Thank you, Mrs. Kent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was the best thing. Be- I mean, so I could say once it got to like my fourth, fifth grade, um, be having only because, you know, elementary school, you only have one teacher. So it, right. it all put all the pressure on her. And if I was in middle school, it would be five times harder because it's the same thing, but with five different teachers. Right. So she would have to stay um, at the school hours on hours after everyone already left, just grading yeah. my work. And sure. she didn't have to do that. She so, didn't have to do it. The principal, um, yeah. Yeah. So the principal, yeah. she, the principal didn't really like it, um, yeah. you know, because, you know, how long she was staying. And after all, you know, the teacher is going to complain a little bit because, you know, once you do it too many times, you know, you start to rub right. off on you. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, I just ended up going to, um, to, to homeschool after that. So it's crazy because it's like people always ask me about school and stuff, and I've never went to a middle school. I've never went to a high school. I'm about to be <laughs> right. a junior in high school, and I've never went to high school or middle yeah. school. So it's like it's like the only kind of school memories I have is from elementary. Yeah. Um. So I could say that it, it kind of has pros and cons because I'm not able to kind of grow up with my own, I guess, age group. But at the same time, you know, it kind of benefited because I'm able to grow up around people who are way older than me and can yes. teach me. And, yes. And uh, I could say like my uh, social time that I would have at a public school, I'm having really just as much on mm-hmm. set. So it's, right, it's right. pretty awesome. And yeah, absolutely. the cool thing I remember, he always talked about that he wished, like most kids talk about, man, prom or oh, yeah, or, yeah. or my first girlfriend, or yeah. he would say, man, I just want a locker. Yeah, yeah, like, I would just, I just want to have what he's a doing? locker. I just, oh, I don't locker. know why. Like, because, <laughs> you know, from an elementary, from an elementary school perspective, like when you would, because our middle school was right next to, like, it was the same school, but split. Right. Yeah. So, like, when we would walk past the middle school oh, kids, yeah. like, we would just see them with their lockers and, like, yeah. they had an open gym and all that. So, it just seemed super cool. Like, yeah. it was a small stuff that, like, a lot of kids don't understand yeah. when they get there yeah. that, like... I I would wit I would want you know what I'm saying so you're not yeah, alone. Yeah. My daughter felt the same way. We homeschooled her forever, and she wanted yeah. to try public school just to have yeah. the experience. And a locker was one of the things she wanted. Uh, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know you. why. I just like keeping my. I don't know. Like yeah. So yeah, it's like it has its pros and cons sometimes. But yeah. you know, I'm just I was worried that he wouldn't stay challenged, um, yeah. learning, because um, some people we've heard you know the quote unquote horror stories from homeschooling um you know it might make kids get lazier you know all the things that could could help or not help that was one of the worries that i had because of the entertainment how it is easier but this may happen because of but the one thing that we were blessed is that he stayed just as um challenged doing the subjects and showing what his capabilities were and i know he won't talk about it but he's been able to maintain mostly straight A's throughout wow. throughout the whole time, man. So that's why we do a lot. That's what makes us, me and my wife Cindy, do more for him is because we, we see he's not taking his life, what he's been blessed with for granted, you right. know, versus if he had stayed in public school. 
you know, well, so it seems makes... to me like it's like, uh, you know, homeschooling. You really got to be self-motivated in getting mm-hmm. all the stuff you have on your plate taken care of, especially if you're balancing it with yeah. an acting yeah. career at the same time. You got to you got to go, OK, I only got so many hours today. Here's what I got to yeah. do. And as yeah. an artist, I've talked about that with a bunch of people, like being self-motivated is key to being yeah. successful, you know? Right. So that was yeah. probably some good uh, practice at that, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. That's why I salute to all of you, like you, man, and all other parents who, who help with their kids, especially within this last year when kids weren't homeschooling. I can only imagine. I haven't really talked to that many parents who had to go right into homeschooling because of what we went through and everything so that that was a big deal but we're we're lucky he was able to stay to stay on that i think he's going to turn the air conditioner off (laughs) okay okay yeah i can't even hear it if it's bugging you guys though no problem no we're like right under the vent oh okay yeah Well, my next question was for you anyway, Jack. So obviously Miles showed signs of wanting to get into acting and dancing and all this. And when did you first kind of make the transition of, I think we're going to, I think we're going to try and do something with this and get him into show business and going on on auditions and everything. Oh, where did you, when did you first get interested in kind of, we're going to make that plunge? Did you have concerns? What were your first steps? Talk to me about all Always had, yeah, I always had concerns about when you were we were deciding to help get you into entertainment. Uh-huh. It was like, I think it started when he finally saw Breaking. Oh, yeah. As weird as it sounds, we didn't have the DVD, and this was before On Demand, where you could just right. find it. So if you didn't have it, you didn't have it. So I grew up watching it. I never needed it to have it because I already seen it. If I catch it on TV or whatnot. But the timing when he was born, when he was four, I remember him watching a clip of Breaking. And he said, I mean, that's weird because most kids wouldn't say what he said. He said, that that scene right there, where was that scene? And this is that infamous scene where they're at Venice Beach when Van Damme is in the clip and Right, you know, they're all right. watching. They're just watching these random dancers just dance in a cipher. He saw that because the clip, I think what he liked was the, the essence of the cipher mm. and everyone just watching. Sure. And when we live in Oxnard, he's never, I've never shown him. He's never seen that. Yeah. So when he saw that, instead of just watching the movie, he was like, where, where did they film that? I said, oh, that's a, that's a clip. That's Venice Beach. Yeah. And he said, I want to go there. Oh, you tell, you tell he just, yeah, I just randomly want to go there. Yeah. And I went, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Now yeah. with us, we always do stuff as a family. I could have easily just took it myself, but I was like, to my wife and to my daughter, Kiana, I was like, yeah. I guess family trip, <laughs> road trip to, to go Beach. to Venice Beach. Yeah. So we go to Venice Beach. Uh-huh. But what I'm also leaving out was I remember months before he had watched the show America's Got Talent. Oh, right, yeah. He's seen yeah. it. Now, I don't think he cared for the show, but yeah. he liked when there was kids on the show, whether they could sing or dance. Right. And he happened to see a breakdance group on there. Yeah. They didn't succeed, but he saw it. And we saw, I think, one of our friends, the Groovaloos, at that time on there. 
Okay. And they did an advance as well. But he, they weren't friends of ours at the time. He just was inspired by what they did. Oh, that's cool. So I said for fun, hey, you want to, you never know. You can, you know, it is like playing basketball. You say to your kid, hey, you never know. You could, One day that could be you playing a college ball or going into the NBA. I really was meaning it just like that. So I said, hey, you never know. You could be up there, you know, one day. You want to do it? Right. And he literally said, yeah. Well, nice. hey, slow down. I was just, mm. I was serious. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I meant. I mean, you probably could. And he was like, no, no, I, you know. So we just sat on it. Me and my wife sat on it for a while. And then he kind of thought, yeah, let's 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 do it. Really? And I go, okay. So we go to Oxnard Pier. And we wanted to film an audition, a dance clip of himself. At at home, of course, he's going to, what most kids do, they do what they do at home because they're in the comfort of their own home. But for video purposes, which is I'm trying to get into video at that time, I thought the way it looked. He looks cool, but what our background in our house, I don't know yeah. if most people want to see a a, <laughs> a video of our house. So that's yeah. why we went to the pier. Smart. But when we went to the pier to record his clip, I don't think he enjoyed it as much because, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm saying this now that I understand, but at the time I didn't understand. He liked dancing at the pier, but the essence of the cypher was not there. Right. And that's why energy when he saw... There. Right. So when he saw the clip from Breaking, what's that? So I already had the clip from the pier ready to send for an audition for America's Got Talent. But when he saw um, the clip from Breaking, Venice Beach, I was like, you want to go there? Maybe we can do your audition there. Right. So that's that's where the idea of us going to Venice Beach came about. And I think that was like I created a YouTube account for him. And the first video that we posted was the experience of going there. So to answer your question, because I'm trying to explain the backstory, but uh, we go to Venice Beach, and this is like a heartwarming moment. When we get to Venice Beach, I bring a boombox provided by Peanut Butter Wolf, who who gave gifted Ah, Miles a boombox. Nice. We go to Venice Beach. Before we can put the box, because I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't know what we're going to get into he wasn't nervous. He's yeah. he's he's not really the nervous type at that time. He's not yeah. nervous. So I was like, I don't know. It was just we'll just wing it. Let's just whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah. But when we're walking, we see a crowd. And I go, that that's where they filmed the that scene in the film. And I look and I immediately see a recognizable face. And it was at Mr. Animation. Rest in peace. Whoa, mm. No way. Yeah, so we see Mr. Animation and within a quick what two minutes mm-hmm. I had to break down who he was uh-huh. I was like the movie that you saw when we yeah. came here that's that guy was in that movie that's crazy and, what are the chances know, of that day him being there but that's not even the craziest part that, 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 that's not the craziest you're gonna trip oh my god okay. yeah that, this is, this story goes down as the best but we rarely have interviews like this to explain it oh, that's um, beautiful. we go I explain who Mr. Animation is and I'm pretty sure at that time it goes over Miles' head Mm-hmm. All he heard was he was in that movie wearing a mask. Right. I go, this guy is known for wearing masks. Yeah. We walk over, we sit, and we're watching. And out of nowhere, Mr. Animation sees him and brings him into his show that he's doing for the people. Dang. Um, um, 
and he calls him out. I think my wife starts videotaping, you know, and Miles doesn't say why he's there. He just has his dance name, Baby Boogaloo, on the back of his shirt. He right. doesn't say why we're there, what happens. Mr. Animation is just asking him, what do you do? Let me, you know, and Mr. Animation doesn't know what he, what he's like, how he dances or nothing. He just yeah. thinks he's a regular kid because he's so short, you know, yeah. and small. Yeah. So he, he has fun with Miles versus, you know, like if you knew a baseball player was really good or could be good, you would be like, hey, hit the ball a couple times. Let me see what you got. Right. He was just having fun. Oh, that's cool. At the last minute, he goes, go ahead, do a little something. 10 seconds. All right, all right, let me get... He gives him some of his money he earned from the crowd to Miles. No way. Yes. Miles walks off to us, smiling ear to ear. Oh. And then we and then we could we could have left, but we decided to stay and watch the rest of the show. Probably yeah. five more minutes. Yeah. When the five minutes is done, Mr. Animation comes over. Do you want to tell him what he told you us? You already are in the middle of the story. You're in the heat oh, of the story. Okay, okay. Mr. Animation says, What are you what are you doing? And we go, um, no, we're just here just to record a few clips. I didn't tell him about the show, America's Got Talent, what we're doing. I thought, we're just trying yeah. to get a couple of clips of him getting down. But I think Mr. Animation, because he's so into street performing and making yeah. money, yeah. he thought we were trying to do the same. Oh. And I said, no, 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 we're not trying to. This That's not where we're coming from. We're just trying to come have fun. I had to keep it quick. I didn't want to give him the whole backstory. I just like, yo, we're just trying to get a couple of dance clips of him having fun. He's like, well, yeah. maybe... And I still don't think it registered what I meant. He goes, maybe you might want to go Hollywood Boulevard. Matter of fact, go over to Santa Monica Promenade. Okay. And I went, Promenade? Hollywood Boulevard? Okay. And I look at my wife, Hollywood Boulevard? Are we still this this road trip continuing on? So yeah. we go to Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> and he was right. We set the boombox down. Miles starts um, doing his thing. We have fun. We just wing it. There's no plan. We just wing it. The crowd is so crowded. He dances five, ten minutes. My wife records a clip, and we just stop. We didn't take any money. We even got yeah. put up. We even plugged the mic up and said, "We don't, don't, don't get it twisted. We don't want no money." Yeah. Then we hit Venice or Santa or the Promenade. The and Promenade. the only reason why, the only reason why we decided to go to the Promenade was because we knew that once we leave the Promenade, we can literally just take the coast going home. Oh yeah. Back. Yeah. That was the only reason why we went. Otherwise, we would have not went. Right. So what animation said, go to the promenade, we went. Now, this is where the story gets crazy. We get there, we park, and it's there's a lot of people, but it's not as compact like Hollywood Boulevard or Venice. People yeah. are kind of scattered. But the yeah. moment we just randomly see a spot, the moment we put the box down, yeah, this lady comes up to me. My wife's on the other side of what, you know, because she's trying to tape from her vantage point, Miles. Gotcha. Where I'm at. So she had to go across from us to tape what he's about to do. We haven't even started. There's no we didn't plug no mic in or nothing. Mm. We just we just put the box down and the lady taps me. While while my wife's taping, I was rude to her. I said, because I didn't know what she was gonna say. Could I take I didn't know what she was gonna say. I was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Can you just give me a few minutes like that? Yeah. I like didn't even let her speak or nothing. Yeah. I put the boombox down, she does that. And then she could have walked away. She probably could have thought I was rude. But she reaches <laughs> to my ear and yeah. she whispers in my ear, no, I just wanted to give you my card. I'm with the Ellen DeGeneres show. Oh. And I see your son, what he's doing, and I wanted yeah. to 
offer him to be on the show. So wow. the timing, the timing of that happened <laughs> was ridiculous because that explains why the next week the world saw him on Ellen before America's Got Talent because the that America's Got Talent was months down the road. Right, right. And that's what we were taping for. So that's why people saw him on Ellen first because she she happened to see us doing that. Oh and my um, gosh, what a day. You know, that's incredible. Yeah, and we told animation. <laughs> we never got to really tell him thank you for what he told us yeah. because he ended up passing away yeah. years later. But oh. we went to the funeral. Yeah. And at the funeral, me and Miles, or I, I went ahead and got up and told his family the story I'm telling you now. Oh, man, what yeah. a great story. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I always hope in my heart that once people pass, if there's stories they didn't get to hear that would have touched their heart, that they get to hear all those stories after they pass. Yeah, man. That's just my I belief. That's what I hope happens. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that changed oh, everything. Wow. You know, we, we never thought about it. Like, had he not told us to do that? That's incredible. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, walk man. us through, Miles. Walk us through what it was like going on Ellen DeGeneres' show for the first time. What's that like? I mean, well, the first time I could really hardly remember anything, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. but I was just there, a just whirlwind. purely just energy and fun based. Like, I that's I'm assuming what I was thinking because that's how I am now. Um, <laughs> I do remember I got like a free Xbox or something at the end. <laughs> oh, nice. That was I don't know why, but it's like the only because I was a kid, so that was like really the only thing. But I do. Oh, oh I no, remember. Your first um, one was the outfit, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, the no, no. I got I got something actually in the first oh, okay. time. And. And I do remember, oh, yeah. I didn't know that if you're a guest on the show, there's like two segments. So yeah. when you do one segment, you go to commercial break and then you okay. go, you come out for the second one. <laughs> I didn't know that there's a second one. So I was the only, I think I'm the, I think this is still true. I'm the only person who like accidentally just walked off <laughs> at the end of the sec at the end of the first one, because I thought it was done. I thought the interview was over. So uh, I just walked off and I just, there's a video of it. I just, don't I just say peace or something. You just say, you just say peace. <laughs> and Ellen's saying, you know, the normal, normal host will be back after the commercial. And you stay, right. you know, he literally was like, and just walked off. I think he even looked over your shoulder. Like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> but I can now that you explained that. But I, I didn't understand because the way she was sure. to me, I thought she was saying an interview. Yeah, so. you well, were trying to all of our trying listeners from Miles Brown. If you're on the Ellen show, yeah, don't walk it, off it, before <laughs> checking in with people. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. probably the best. I think that experience was so dope because I've never seen anybody, an adult or a child, Miles, mm. correct the host if they oh, yeah. if they if they uh, say something yeah, right yeah. or wrong. <laughs> there was a moment when, you know, you got to explain it. When you told her about the pop, when most people say pop locking. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Because, you know, everyone, you know, how they refer to it as pop locking and stuff like yeah. that. So, like, she said it. Or did she say pop locking? Or did she, she said popping and locking are the same thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it was just, it was funny because I was four. So, obviously, when you're a young kid, like, you have the confidence to just do whatever you want. So, oh, like, I just parents. corrected her on the spot. It was the most funniest thing. <laughs> You know, so, that was yeah. I, I I was sitting there in the back like that's what's up. <laughs> like he ain't even afraid to correct Ellen of all that's people. Great, yeah, people get history out there too. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. But I mean, just think about it. If somebody said to you, "Cause salsa and samba is the same thing, right?" They yeah, wouldn't salsa know. Salsa and samba, so yeah, right. Right. Yeah. If someone said something like that, 
Yeah. And you're a kid who comes from doing those styles of dance. Right. right. And you correct them. It's really not rude. No, it's not just, at all. Right. So that's what, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, so dancing kind of brought you onto this show. It seems like what got you in, what got you interested in acting out of, out of dancing? What, tr- um, what? Well, I think this was starting to get to the point where a lot of dance, because back then, dancers would never have agencies or, you know, like it was never bookings. Like it was nothing like that. Like, no, it was no, just, no, I'm sorry. You had a lot of auditions. No, no, book, I'm, not, I'm oh. not there yet. Oh, okay. There yet. I was like, I'm not there yet. Um, but it was not like that to the point where, like, this is when I would go to all the jams and stuff. This was like during, like, you know, um, and then it would get to a point where a lot of kid dancers would start with signing on agencies, strictly dance agencies, yeah. and not anything that has to do with really acting. Right. And uh, I remember we did the same thing, and we would do these auditions kind of like background dancing or like doing a commercial, and you would see me dancing in the back, like just stuff like that. Right. And um, I guess the more and more I started doing it, I started seeing that the casting directors and the people doing the auditions would be like asking me to act a little mm-hmm. more and more and everyone. And then after we got to a point where I was kind of just acting while yeah. dancing, yeah. Um, my parents and I were just like, why don't we just try just going full in, just just try acting? Like, why don't we just yeah. see where it goes? And that was when I was like, what, six or seven? Yeah, China? that was mom. Mom, mom thought that because she and, saw us driving. Yeah. So many times she just wanted, right. she thought maybe it was better to pursue or why not try your investment, yeah. pursue yeah. acting. So, yeah, we went through two cars by then from all the wow. driving. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, okay, so then after that, um, I was around six, seven, and then pretty much a year, like a year and a half later, after doing all these acting auditions, and I was fairly new because it's like I was never ever all like these other like acting kids where I would take everything so seriously. Like, yeah. if I came out the audition room, I just stopped completely focused on the audition. I was just on to the next yeah. fun thing of the day. Yeah. Like, a lot of kids are like, dang, did I do good? Like, you know, like, so right. like that. So I was never like that. Even yeah. beforehand, I would just look at the script once and then I would just be like, yo, can we go get something to eat? And then I would just go just... <laughs> yep. So yep. I would never always be focused. And yep. I think sometimes that's a good thing because, like, for me, when I got blackish, I think that's a good, a major reason. And that, if uh, you know, leading on to that, um, I was six or seven when we started, and I was eight, turning nine when I got blackish. So only like two years after I actually started fully acting, when I got my first uh, role, and um, it was I could say the whole casting process of that is crazy. Um, just knowing how everything went between you know certain things going on. But I could say that I feel like a major reason why they did pick me was because, and I, I don't know if people know this, but I was like, I was the first one casted on the show. Besides, that's that's a crazy story. Besides, besides uh, Anthony, who was already, you know, he was the already uh, executive producer on the show prehand. But um, auditioning wise, yeah, I was the first. So it was just crazy because it's like, I think they seen and they understood how I went into these auditions, just really just there for fun and just having fun and. And I guess right. finding the enjoyment uh, of the whole thing. Regular kid. And they, yeah, they just seen I was a regular kid having fun. And I already met Anthony yeah. somewhere. Oh, wow. That's but true. it wasn't that big of a deal. But I met him somewhere at this concert or something. And I had a huge afro. He full, probably, might, full he baby probably knows about the concert. It was just Which a concert? random concert. A year before that audition he's talking about yeah. was Balboa Park. Okay. Robin Thicke, New Edition. Oh wow! And and cameo randomly. Okay, 
Oh yeah. That's like you never would see those acts with Cameo. I don't think it was yeah. a crazy yeah, I forgot. We went we went to see Cameo. Uh-huh. My wife went to see Robin Thicke in New Edition. <laughs> yeah. We showed up late and missed uh-huh. Cameo's set. Oh. We're sitting there in the sun. She's my wife's having a ball. And we look and I go, Is that Anthony Anderson? I knew who he was. He had no clue who he was. I took him to meet him. They took a photo. And a year later, have that picture now? I have the picture on one of our old phones. Wow! But a year, a cool. year, a year later was when the audition happened, and Anthony did not remember taking that photo. <laughs> yeah, well, and I couldn't yeah. find it because it's when you moved on the phones. But, but yeah, that audition. Yeah, process, I remember that now. Crazy. Yeah, I remember that. I did. Um. So yeah. Okay. So now is where it gets even crazier. I'm just talking about the camera thing. Oh yeah. And yeah, um. So while that was going on. This is the craziest thing because out of all, like the whole year, two years, yeah. like this one moment, just craziness started happening out of nowhere. Yeah. So did the Blackish audition without anyone in the room. It was just, you know, how the casting director and a camera, like just how normal auditions are. So did good on that. And I think either the next day I went and I did a Kevin Hart audition for this show that I guess Kevin Hart was executive producing at the time. About himself. And it was pretty much just about himself. And uh, I think they wanted me to play his son or something, like mm-hmm. the roles for his son. Mm-hmm. And um, I did good on that too. And um, it was it was good because I got callbacks for both. And I got a callback for Blackish. And at the time, it was just the uh, untitled Anthony Anderson project. Okay. And um, I still remember that. And I remember um, going in the room, and unlike it just being the person reading me my lines in a camera. It was every writer, every producer, and every ABC executive. So it was like a good 20 to 30 people in that one room. And it went from one person that has nothing to do with the show. Right. So then, you know, 30 people who are in charge of the whole network of the show. And including Anthony and Kenya, (laughs) who's also, you know, the creator. And uh, it was just, I could say... I think by them doing that, they knew that they were going to make a lot of kids, I guess, like nervous when you walk into the room with that many people. But yeah. I was so like nonchalant and I was just doing my own thing. But like, I was like, okay, so we got more people watching me. Like, okay, that's cool. Like, I didn't think of it as a nervous thing. I just thought of it as like, oh, cool. So now I get to do more thing in front of more people. Oh, yeah. And uh, they just seen that and they really liked me. And then the same thing with the callback for Kevin Hart. It wasn't that as many people, but um, they liked the callback. So... And we started, once we got to this point, we started getting phone calls from yeah. both shows. And then we had to, t- we, we tried to find a way to tell them. Um, and we it, it took us a second for us to find a way how to tell them that we're trying to do an audition for an opposing show. Uh-huh. And um, that's kind of the worst thing because it's like once you tell a show that, they just go in scrambles trying to, I guess, get you or trying to find a way to like distract you or to not go to another one, right? Yeah, so, it, was, right? it was stressful, man. So once that happened, it was almost like a bid war type thing between both shows. And I think um, after you do a callback, normally the way it goes is you're, you're supposed to do like a, a chemistry test with the people who are already on the show mm-hmm. as if right. you already got the job, but you don't really got the job type thing. And um, Blackish, they were just, they just wanted me so much they were going back and forth between the Kevin Hart show. They Blackish just wanted me that much. They just offered me the job. So, wow. oh wait, before yeah, that even heard, happened, but they sorry. did hear. I think it was because they also got wind of another show possibly interested in them as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so, was a Kevin. Wait, but before that, 
I remember um, it got to a point where it was like a this or that, and we had the choice because yeah. there was a moment where our agencies, uh, Blackish, oh, it's on, it's on sixty percent by the way. Okay. Charge. Um, but it got to a point where Blackish and the Kevin Hart show both sent the whole episode script to our agencies so we could look it over and just pick. Yeah. And we didn't understand how big of a deal that was at the time because we... I think we did. I don't know if you... No, no, no. We, you, we didn't because... Like, right, 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 right. Because we read both scripts and at the time, this is 2014. So this is... Yeah. I mean, this is like prime Kevin Hart right here. This is oh, like... Yes. This is <laughs> Kevin Hart like going crazy right now. Right? Yeah. So... I'm guaranteeing you anyone in their right mind would have just picked the Kevin Hart one off the rip, right? Well, we know Anthony's resume. Well, yeah, but I'm saying anyone, like, if they didn't have a parent there, you know. um, And we read both scripts, and the Anthony one was just more of, like, a heartfelt type thing. And and, uh, um, I was included more, and it just felt, you know, better. And the the Kevin Hart one was more just, like, you know, it's Kevin Hart, so the type of comedy is not going to be the same, you know? Um, So they just naturally just wanted to pick the Anthony one. Pick the Anthony one. They offered me the job, and then to find out, the Kevin Hart one didn't even get picked up. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So it was like... And it wasn't going to have him in it either. Yeah, and, oh. and we didn't know that Kevin Hart wasn't even going to be yeah. in it until after. Oh. We thought Kevin Hart was going to be in it the whole time. Yeah. And it was crazy yeah. because with this snap of a finger, we could have just picked the Kevin Hart one. Yep. And, and everything would have been Nothing would have been happening. Yeah. And I would have been watching Blackish go on for eight seasons. <laughs> oh, and being oh like, yeah. I yeah. Good, point. Good point. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, that's got to be a tough decision because you you obviously you don't want to burn bridges with anybody. So that's right. a tough, tough yeah. decision, man. I mean, Sorry, Kevin. Two talented yeah. people working in two different situations. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, so it was just the... <laughs> um, uh, like, I don't think anyone could any like believe a story like that, so... It's just the um, that's wild. It's the crazy in real story. time, Dan. Yeah. It was, it was the most exciting and the most stressful, because because it was never this. It was never this stressful ever. Right until this one point, right. and then everything. Yeah, I was going to say like how what led up to that. I know you. I, I read that you did music videos yeah. and stuff as a dancer, but had you done like guest spots and what other acting had you done? Yeah. Before this, it was just all just commercials, guest appearances. Oh uh, yeah. So everything yeah. was going just smoothly. And it's kind of like, we kind of asked for it. We kind of asked for it because we kept doing these auditions Mm -hmm. trying to hope for something like this until we got hit with a brick with all the stress that was going on out of nowhere, you know? But it was all like what you were doing before was like a couple days of work here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. So how is that? What's it like going from doing stuff like that to being suddenly committed to a full on sitcom? Um, It's just, I didn't really understand how shows worked like that at the time. So... I kind of just went from doing like a commercial, you know, you know how that goes, just filming like a day or two, you know, whatever. Same thing yeah. with guest appearances. I'm only there for like two scenes, whatever. And right. then we just keep doing that. And then as soon as we got Blackish, we did a whole week, right? So that was kind of unusual for me as, you know, eight years old because I'm like, whoa, we're kind of working longer than how we used to. Why are we not working only two days? Yeah. And then. I loved it so much that we kind of, I didn't know that you had to get picked up uh, to continue. So I thought as soon as we were done with the week that we did, it was just, that the was pilot, a, the pilot. Oh, I thought it was just yeah, a pilot, pilot and it was a fun yeah. experience. And right. uh, it just, we just moved on. But then we got picked up. And then once they told me we're doing a whole season, I was like, whoa, so I'm actually going to like be doing this for a whole year, like pretty much straight. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. 
And then once we did seasons, I watched a lot of shows growing up that only went for like two, three seasons because that's just yeah. how Nickelodeon and stuff worked. So I didn't know that it was possible for shows to go on for almost 10 years. Yeah. And um, after the first season, I thought it was done. After the second season, I thought it was done. And yeah. uh, after the third season, I just started building more confidence. Like, yeah, I don't think it's done. I think we're going to keep going for a while. And then, Well, we it's just, probably you know, a good, you know, mechanism to kick in. Like, just, you know, never take it for granted and just keep going yeah. for it, doing your best at yeah. it. Yeah. I just did I think what it was is I didn't think people... I never realized how relatable the show was because, like, um, I think we're the longest-running show out of all the years that are, uh, like, 2014 ABC shows. Recent-wise, I know Modern Family. No, I'm saying shows that piloted in the same year as us. Oh, yes. That's right. Okay. Yeah, like, right. I don't even think right. it was close. Like, right. So it, you could just tell, like... Um, the Goldbergs, I think, was a year. Yeah, Goldbergs was our year. But yeah. not your year. You're right. Um, yeah. So it was just crazy just knowing because it's like our show spoke out to a certain audience that not one show on ABC was really kind of reaching yeah. out to the audience. And I think that's yeah. why our show stuck for that much amount of time. Yeah. Well, so. you're talking about that connection, you know, and, and when a show goes on for that many seasons, it, obviously it has a connection with people out there. Right. And I, I wanted to ask you just about, you know, when you have a show like that where you're clearly connecting with people and uh, the states especially you know, just have this wild fascination with celebrity. And I just wonder what, what's that, what has the experience been like for you in terms of people recognizing you when you're out? What has that been like, man? Um, It's a unique experience. Yeah. I think the first time, Ooh, actually I've never honestly thought about what was, do I remember the first time I ever got, I don't think I do, but like, I don't know. As growing up, it was like a, wait, that dude knows like who I am for doing something. And yeah. then it kind of was like the second, third time, you know, fourth time, it was like, okay, this is cool because it's like I'm realizing how much people watch our show and how many people can recognize me based off of something that I'm a part of. And yeah. uh, throughout the years, it kind of just became a, a normal thing knowing how many people kind of reach out. Yeah. And then I think it got weird to a point where like, I don't know, I don't know if this is me, but like even recently... Now with the masks, people recognize me with the mask. Doesn't make any sense. But he never thought that would happen I because he would be like, happened. even with it started off with the hat. Yeah, right. It started right. off with me wearing a hat. Oh, we didn't think people would recognize me. Right. And then I, we were dumb because obviously you can recognize me with a hat, but yeah. a mask yeah. that was crazy. I was literally out with my sister, and like eight people came up to me, and and all you could see was this. <laughs> right. I don't know how, but you know what, Dan? The only thing that's blessing is like. Before the show, I think once Miles was around, people like yourself and the artists that you played with, and as well as the dance community, because a lot of these dancers, you know, who would be on these TV shows like America's Dance Crew or the John Chu Step Up movie series, Mm. once he started really being around that, yeah, and then welcoming, welcoming him in. Yeah. I think the vibe of the celebrity yeah. was just taking out the picture. So right. he never really thought about it like that. He was just, he felt yeah. like he's part of family and friends. So he never right. really looked at it like that. So when we would be out in public, when the show was on, yeah, we would, me and Cindy would notice people may recognize him, but he kind of cared less. To be honest, there was times where he would, this is, this is the funny part. There's a lot of times that people would say, 
or come up to us or we would hear them in passing. He looks like the kid that's <laughs> right. on. Yeah. And right. this guy would act like, oh, yeah, I do kind of look like that guy. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Because that for it, it, it avoided more confrontation. Yeah. You know, right. if, if people recognize he would go with the flow, but most parts he would do it and, you know, just, but he never really got sucked into the celebrity kind of yeah. as conversation. And that's the one thing that has always been. I still to this day don't understand how people recognize recognize him. I don't know. Because he has his mom's eyes, but maybe yeah. it's the eyes or something. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah well, they say eyes are the connection. So it's, yeah. you know, people recognize the eyes, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's, it's, it's a blessing of all the people that you've brought him up around, just people that are celebrities mm. that are, you know, whatever people people recognize. But they're also right. down to earth, cool people who want to just do cool artistic stuff. Right, know? right. That's 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 what encouraged me even more to bring him around. Like, I mean, to a degree, I always see like athletes, basketball players. Their family's always in the in the crowd or in the back. Right. Then, through the most recent years, I'm sure you remember, you started press conferences. You would see the players mm. currying with their kid, with them. I never used to see that, you know, right. and that's why I felt I felt comfortable doing that myself, yeah. bringing them on stage or with us versus being in the back or I'll meet you there or or not even being there at all. And I yeah. think that's because I felt like, why not? You know, why not? And it, and yeah. that's, you know, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, it also just pushes out the message that like this is this is a someone you recognize from a TV show, but it's also a person. You know, yeah, yeah, and you know, you don't just yeah. walk up to some stranger you don't know and just start getting a little too invasive, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's a person out with their family, you know, right? And a nice thanks, you know, I love what you do on the show is beautiful, but you know, you don't want to take it too far, yeah, it just yeah. fringes upon family yeah, time, yeah. so that's a good thing to show people for sure. It's also been the real dope thing seeing the feedback from the families, yes, of. I mean, I know it sounds odd, but you you think you see a black family on a show. Mm. When I used to watch the Cosbys and all these other shows, Amen 227, Before Your Time. <laughs> 227. I would say to these actors when I've met them, like, you guys were part of my childhood. Yeah. I could see myself, you know, I relate so much to Theo on Cosby and blah, blah, blah. But he now, went to my junior high, Malcolm. <laughs> oh, wow. Malcolm yeah, he's Small Warner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the crazy thing is, when these families would, too. when these families would come up to him or yeah. us and say their feedback of the show, the vibe is different because they'll say, regardless that you guys are a black family, yeah, we see us going through exactly what you're going through, and I think mm -hmm. that's the thing that 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 was it. It could have been. I think the writers were phenomenal at just doing the show universally versus just what only the black culture might go through storylines that only i mean they do do that but their perspectives relate so much to these families so they would come up right and they i mean we're talking from here to overseas yeah. it, I, i'm still in awe how people yeah. say they react to that man that's beautiful. Well, that's that yeah. connection that you want. And that's that's the beauty of that show is it connected yeah. with so many people on some deep levels, you know, people yeah. could really relate to it. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah.
Oh, I guess, you know, I guess some of the, I'd like to talk to you guys just about the technical um, business of having someone on a hit TV show and being in business. Like, how do you go, how did you guys go about finding an attorney? How did you go about, you know, what does management look like? What's all that? How did, how did, how did that transpire? Um, I think the timing was really good for Miles on that one. You know how it is when you're in need of a chiropractor or a doctor. Yeah. You always get a good recommendation. You get mad recommendations, right? But yeah. the one time you take it serious is when someone uh, that you trust or you work with is the one who recommends that person. Right. When he was going through dancing, a friend of ours from Oxnard, who was one of the first dancers out of Oxnard to, to start being in mad videos. I can run down so many songs that you know from Jay-Z to Method Man. She was being casted in these videos. Yeah. She used to date our friend Atheon Crockett. And she's the one who started with an agency to dance agency. So okay. she said, I think Miles is the type that can um, elevate if you have this dance agency around. So that's how we got him with the dance agency. Gotcha. Um, I don't think you ever joined an acting agency. We did get him a manager through another mutual friend. Yeah. But with the lawyer, with ABC, the beginning, this is at the beginning, first season, I say, when ABC was involved in doing a lot of promos behind the scenes and things that the, 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 the studio would do for the cast, yeah. someone there had recommended um, a lawyer. And we didn't know. We just said, we'll meet. And when we met with her, we hit it off really, really well. And she's really from an old school essence, but she's still really respected in the line of work that she does. Gotcha. They hit it off because she's also into sports, you okay. know, and, um, <laughs> nice. but she's really cutthroat. And we didn't want somebody that was going to look over the things he's doing and be nice. Mm -hmm. And we find out the hard way, you know, and things like that. A lot of people have managers and they switch managers, agents, you know. We just wanted someone that we know needs to do what we need to do. Now, we didn't say it like that, but we realized that's where she's coming from. Mm -hmm. And to this day, she's 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 definitely the one that holds it down for miles and, oh, you know, could be happy. But it was a recommendation from someone from ABC. It was okay. That's how that happened. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's an important thing for so many people to, uh, you know, get their heads around is having the right team around you that actually yeah. cares about you is important. Right. Getting recommendations from friends for the people you use is like yep. tantamount. I mean, you got to have, you got to have people you trust around you. Right. And he still yeah. has the same manager um, since he first started. Yep. And this manager represents a lot of dancers like Twitch, you know, most people know from the Degenerate Show and who he's a friend and family of, friend of. Um, but I think that connection with understanding what dancers go through. Yeah. And just like Twitch, you know, he was a dancer like you. Yeah. Ventured off into doing what he's doing now. So I think seeing that progress of all that, it, it helped. Yeah. You know, because you're, you're working with a manager who's seeing things with his other clients in the same way he's seen with Miles. And so it made sense. Right, right. Yeah. Man. Talk to me about preparation for not only dancing and uh, but acting as well. 
when you started getting dancing gigs, were you taking, I know you were watching people and all that and watching actors you love, but did you end up taking dance classes of any kind or da- acting classes of any kind, Miles? Um, yeah, for dance classes, I would definitely take dance classes. Um, I mean, I was in a dance team, so oh, at the yeah. like, so that whole process of dance, I think you can't really be, a, I feel like dancing is slightly different in acting where it comes to classes and stuff because with dance, it's like, you only can do a certain style of dance and not take a class. Like, right. With like choreography, anything that's not strictly break dancing, and even break dance, a lot of b boys take classes, you know? Yeah. So it's like, for acting, I've never taken an acting class. I've taken an improv class once, but that was just, that was, you know, even after Blackish and just, you know, that was just something I wanted to just, you know, have fun with. But yeah. never for like preparation or getting, you know, better at anything. I just, I just, did it naturally and i think that's yeah i wouldn't say that's the best way of acting because you know acting classes will always help when it comes to drama or certain stuff but i think when it comes to just kind of filling your own role naturally and just i guess uh kind of doing the role the way you feel like it's naturally best I don't think you really need a class for that. That's just my opinion with it, you know? I've heard lots of actors talk about that. Like, classes are great to help you kind of think about how you're going to prepare to act natural. But finding yeah. your character's natural habits and reactions is, that's the most important thing. So yeah. I think you're on to something there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think wow. it depends on what you're actually going out for. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if I'm going to go for a role, like, that's, like, crying all the day, all day, and, like, you know, like, doing all these serious roles and stuff, like... Yeah. It wouldn't hurt to get acting class, you know, just to see how deeply you could fit the role. To but... get that Denzel, Viola Davis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, anything that's like more on the fun side or just anything that's not like that, I mean, it just depends on how you see it, you know, so. Sure, sure. Wow. Yeah. Well, so um, your character on Blackish, Jack Johnson. Um, it's funny because I, I don't think we realized this until like, oh, wow. like a season or something after. So did. Um, okay, so Jack Johnson, right? Yeah. Obviously, my dad's name is Jack, right? Right. And um, I don't know why, but just it's just weird, like you know. But the even crazier part is that um, my grandma, his mom, his, her maiden name, last name is Johnson. So Whoa. technically, if I could, yeah. if I wanted to, or if he wanted to, he could really name me Jack Johnson. So yeah. I don't know why. I just always thought of it as a weird coincidence. <laughs> so crazy, so, man. When we found that, that out, is. I mean, we knew about oh, it, but my... didn't think about it. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's so, crazy. I don't know. That's wild. But it took me a while. It took me a while to realize the uh, Jack and Diane, because you know my twin sister Diane. Mm. Um, I it's because I, I didn't know at first what the Jack and Diane was the actual reference to, you know, the song. And yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we had to actually do a scene where they were playing, you know, the song, yeah. and then I was like, oh, so this is how you know we got names. <laughs> so, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about your the film you did, Boy Genius with Rita Wilson, and um, yes. what that was like going from for both of you making the leap from television to film, and how that yeah. how that's different for an actor, how that's different for um, you know the business side of things, how that how that leading up to that is different. Are auditions different? I just yeah. want to give people kind of a, a um, glimpse of how that's different. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so for me, it was slightly, I guess, different than a normal or uh, ordinary way of doing, like, a movie. Um, shout out to our, direct, uh, our director, Bridget. She's Bridget awesome. and Vicky. Um, and Vicky, yeah. yes, the producer. Um, I'll say that it was a little different because the director, Bridget, directly came to me because she kind of envisioned me for this role. Oh, yeah. Um, 
so she kind of brought the idea to me and was Rita already on board when it, when that happened? I think Rita was on board. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of different because I didn't really need to do like an audition process to kind of get the role because the director already kind of seen fit for me for this role. Uh, but that's not always normal because that's not always going to happen because right. I'll say 80% of the time you're going to have to audition. You're going to have to find a work your way through and convince people that you're right for the role. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I guess that, that process was, I could say it was a little different filming wise, hmm. but like getting ready and, and the preparation and, and just kind of just how you work with the, uh, with the other castmates is really just, just like TV. It's just being on set. I mean, that's the way I see it. Cause I take everything with a grain of salt and I just, you know, have fun with everything. So if I took it so seriously, then I could probably see how it's different um, yeah. because, you know, I'm focused on strictly acting instead of having fun and, you know, enjoying myself on set. Um, but I could say it was kind of kind of the same just how we did it. But um, we only filmed for like four weeks to a month almost on, on for the for the movie. So it wasn't as long as a process for, you know, rather the blackish, but I was a main role. So it kind of awesome. did take a, a little heavier toll kind of memorizing lines and stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, because you know Jack Johnson, he's like, he's not, he's like the sixth main character on, on the show, so it's kind of a, right. a little easier. Uh, but I was always prepared for. Yeah, it. you focused on your lines. I remember. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I could say. Yeah, I could say when I was on there, it, it definitely. I was surprised how much I was able to mm-hmm. kind of memorize all in like one little time span. So that's amazing. Yeah, and that wasn't a challenge. Was that a big challenge for you having so much more to memorize? Um. I think when you have fun with anything, nothing is really a challenge like that, right. to be honest. like <laughs> When you love um, what you do, work is not work. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. I could say it was challenging, but like in a like, ooh, I want to see if I could do this type thing. Not like actually challenging. Um, yeah. But I could say it was definitely a difference between how much the load was. And I can notice that a little bit because um, yeah. I had to stay up a little later trying to you know work things out and trying to memorize the stuff. Yeah, you asked um, a lot of questions, I do remember. Yeah, you kind of had to be a little more right. detailed with it, but it was fun either way. Right. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Well, there's so much to talk about. You guys have both done such amazing things, but I wanted to get into music a little bit and talk about the record you did, and I wanted to talk about uh, just your influence with what inspired you to make this record, and uh, you got some yes. amazing people like Slick Rick on it and Dame Dalla yeah. and... Say to Garrett, and yeah. it's just, uh, I've been listening to it, and it's just a great record, great yeah. messages, and I just want to want to know what inspired you to do this. Yeah. Um, well, I think music has always been, like, a part of me, if that makes sense, obviously, you know, from him. Sure. Um, and I think he kind of inspired me to start wanting to make, it was two things. It was him, you know, watching him making music, I think that kind of going to be like, hey, let me, let me record something. Yeah. Um, and I think what I wanted to talk about kind of came from blackish because you know we're obviously known for kind of speaking up on certain topics that we want to talk about that not a lot of other people do and i seen that and i kind of wanted to do music and i wasn't sure what i should talk about and how i should approach the way i make music and then i seen that and i was like why don't i kind of take that approach and talk about certain topics that not the other you know a lot of artists are bringing up in their music and i think that a lot of people need to hear in music and i just I just think that was a super interesting way. And I think me bringing up the We the Future, um, I guess futuristic, I guess, idea to it kind of gave it a little twist because I'm young. So for me to you know be younger, speak it to a different audience, um, I think it's super impactful. And I just, um, I guess the way the idea came up of We the Future, 
especially the cover. Shout out to my sister Kiana. Oh, she yeah. was the creative director of the actual cover that we shot because oh, I didn't know that. you know yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but the uh, the signing it was kind of like a remake of the signing of the Constitution. I don't know if you yeah. know the side by side. And um, in that statement, it says "We the people." And that's kind of how I came up with the thing of yeah, the future, and, yeah. and right. uh, it was just kind of a direct tie in. So I can say that's definitely how it inspired me to start making this project for sure. Man, well, that's a beautiful inspiration. And and how did yeah. you go about building the songs? Talk talk to me about that. Yeah. How did you go about um, getting Slick Rick and all these great guests? And how did you yeah. create the songs? I know uh, yeah. Otis was involved. Madlib was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was yeah. just a crazy. It was a crazy thing because it's like. Me being a fan of all these people kind of is, I guess, a mind-blowing thing that they even recognize me and know who I am, not even from music, but from something else. And I think it started with Damien um, because, you know, he was the lead single. He was on my lead single, We The Future, before the album even came out. And I think people seeing how that came out and people seeing me do that, um, I guess it just, you know, other people that I've looked up to and I've wanted to work with seeing that, like Slick Rick, Jadena, just other people that were on there. And I just think it was just super awesome, like how they understood and how they seen my view and my passion for wanting to make music and yeah. what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, this kid is, you know, doing things that other people aren't. So they kind of just inspired them to want to hop on, you know. I love I what say, you just said, Miles, about yeah. how you did the first single and it kind of gave people confidence to come on board. And I think that's an important thing yeah. to get out there because undertaking an entire LP is a lot of work, you know? Yeah. But if you're, if you're jumping into something and you haven't, you know, necessarily released stuff before doing a single and kind of proving that you can do something, it's a smart way to go. Cause then other people are yeah. like, Oh, he did that one. He's good. The next thing he does is going to be great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What do you think? No, I was saying it was cool that to tie in the personal stories when you were connecting like Slick Rick, you know, because what most people don't know, I can't remember the timing, but around the time before you appeared on Ellen, Miles opened for Slick Rick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we even videotaped it. If someone did, but we didn't. Okay. And Slick Rick remembered doing that show yeah. out in, um, I think it was Ventura Oxnard. And that was like yeah. the story behind the scenes of collaborating with him. Right. Because I think that led to you being on his work first, right? right? That was right, first, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. With his, yeah, 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 yeah. So I had to rewatch that. because that Yeah, cool. he appeared in Slick Rick's video. Oh, I didn't then, know that. Which, which video then, is it? It was like a, it was like a, I don't know, I mean, remember how. Rapper, I think it's Got No Souls, like a double, it's a double song. He oh. sampled the Knee Deep. Oh, yeah. Wait, let me, I want to find that. Cause... Yeah. And so he asked him to be in the video with MC Light and Dana Dane, who he, had, he met for the first time. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. coincidentally, Slick Rick hired a dancer who's yeah. also one of his close friends. And he ah. didn't know that. Uh, oh, Kida. crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and then that video shoot was when Miles told him he was working on an album. Oh, and then, wow. And from the, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I think it's this one. You got to send it to me, you guys. I want to see it. Yes, yes, yes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. I was, to be you... honest, man, it's weird to be excited and jealous at the same time. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, yo, this is dope. Man, I can't believe. Oh, that is, yeah. Years ago, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, 
when I'm on the mic is probably one of my favorite hip hop songs of all time. Oh, what so up, it's going to mm. be hard for for the youngsters to top that. Bam. <laughs> right. <laughs> but even with Big Daddy came in, I was like, I don't think that would have even happened had it not been for you know the connection that you made with oh, with um, with with Kane. Like literally, mm. you know. That's, that was that such was a first... fun day, that first time when you came up on stage with us at Sunset Junction and, and mm. got on the mic. He remembered that. that. He, was, you know, he was super excited about that, I remember. That was a great I get hit up day. about that all the time, man. Like, does Miles even know what he... Because I don't really tell him all the feedback I get, you know, but people will be like, do you realize that moment you had with Kane is the question mm. that I get all the time. And like I said, I think he was just in the moment. It could have yeah. been... I mean, unless it was Michael Jackson or something. He could have just been up there with any, you know, but I know he appreciated it and was caught off guard and he still did it, but, uh, That's but that a was blessing, cool man. that he came to that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it's just a blessing to be up there and just kind of in the moment, man. We all we all can learn from that. Right. Mm, right. The moment is what it's all about. Yeah. Right. Right. Man. What do you want to do next, Miles? What are you excited about yeah. these days? Um, well, I mean, still, we're still doing Blackish, so that's one thing yeah. I can say that I'm so excited about season this eight, finale season. season eight, yeah. Yes, it's going to be crazy. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about how you're feeling about season eight and the show wrapping it's, up. It's all. crazy because it's like, I couldn't ask for a better way to kind of do it because it's like, we haven't started filming yet, so I don't even know how we're going to do anything. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm just, I'm excited to see how it's going to come out. And um, I don't know, it's like, I'm glad it didn't go out to be like, oh, it got canceled, just, just you know, just stop. And we're kind of getting our own formal way of, you know, saying goodbye. And I was hoping, I guess, once we got to the fifth season mark, it was like, we're too short of a show to kind of have a finale season, but we're too long of a show to kind of just cancel, you know? So I just was, (laughs) you know, I was just, I just was excited to kind of find a way that that's how we're going to end it. So that was exciting. Um... But I could say for future things, uh, there's other things I'm loving, obviously, when it comes to music. Um, and I do I do want to start getting into, you know, having my own production company and uh, not too much yeah. I can say on that. But yeah. um, just doing my own films. And I kind of find a passion for uh, kind of when I talk about music, like I was just saying, um, bringing up my own subjects, my own topics, but putting that in a film perspective. And I think that's going to be super dope for me and uh, people yeah. who I guess want to see kind of from a young perspective and and uh, I think it'll be super fun if I have my own, you know, production company when it comes. I don't want to say too much on that though, you know, because okay. nothing's confirmed. So yeah. <laughs> but I will say, yeah, I was luckily to appear on his album, so I had to send the request for him to appear on mine as well. So he's gonna be also on my upcoming stuff coming out soon. You've got yeah. your your managers are talking. Hopefully, you can work it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our schedules are getting lifted in. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> that's yeah. great and then you have new music coming out as well right you're working on a new project as well yeah the album uh omawale is dropping on my birthday november 2nd let me see let me see that shirt. oh yes yes it is yes i got it hey. uh scheduled to come out on my birthday oh, shout out to all the scorpios beautiful. in the building but right. um well, I yeah this last year 2020 just took a lot of people in a different in a different zone and Man. it did is me. It's hard not to therapeutically work on something that we've been obviously doing for a long time. So for yeah. me, I would, you know, let me just start playing music. I would DJ. Yeah. So I'll DJ every week. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, that's just to get the vibe. I wasn't trying to take the vibe away from official DJs. A lot yeah. of people are like, are you a DJ? I'm like, nope. I just like to play records, you so, know. Yeah. Uh, 
And then it wasn't enough. I'd be up at night, two in the morning, three in the morning. Yeah. I can't get the neighbors mad playing music. So that's why I was <laughs> like, all right, I think it's time to get back in the lab and and and, and construct something to, to get this essence of what I want to say out. So, um, yeah. so yeah, November 2nd, Omawale. Got, got Mr. Miles on there and mm. uh, blessed to work with a lot of cats, man. To be honest, it's crazy. The connection came full circle with with you helping Miles up with uh, rocking with Kane, Big Daddy Kane. Uh, bless me. Oh, mm. great, man. So he's he's on there with me and uh, Pasta News oh, uh, from Dayla, nice. Dayla. And um, uh, yeah, man, of course I had to connect with the crew, Madlib and George yeah. Ann and, you know, mm. some other surprises on there, man, but this is, is going to be a good one. With this guy right here, since we're here, I had to share something that most fathers probably have with their sons, and that's that argument about who's the GOAT, LeBron <laughs> yes. or Jordan. Okay. So okay. that's, that's yeah. get ready. It's, it's, we, he, he came with it. He came with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny, though. Yeah. Man, well, I'm excited to hear that. I can't wait to hear the new record. Word this up, is man. all this is all uh, uh Madlib did all the beats on the record or it's different people No actually yeah different producers uh Madlib I think he did he did one of the singles uh Manifesting um, I got a joint from Knotts okay. Knotts bless me Georgia Georgia Moldro um yep. uh, Mr. Brady got a joint from Mr. Brady and uh Mike Checkmate who did most of the production for Miles on his album and who else I got on there um Theory has it. Theory has it. Um, and Karl Marx. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Karl Marx also blessed me as well. So, yeah, it's full family, round. Family, the family came together. For sure, man. That's beautiful. I'm excited. I'm excited for this one, man. So, who are your top five MCs then, Miles? And then we'll oh, do your dad right. second. Ooh, I love. Oh, you go I love first. You top go first. five MCs. Yeah, you go first. All right, top five MCs. It's Wait, in order or no order? No order, no, no order, no order. But it's funny because before I answer, I love, I'll peek in to tell Miles, okay, Miles, dinner's ready. But sometimes before I peek in, because uh, I would respectfully okay. knock, I hear him arguing with his friends who <laughs> the rappers are that, you know, you probably don't know I hear you, but you're so loud and yeah. the whole house hears you. But, uh, All right. okay, <laughs> top five of C's, let's see. So I'm going to say. It's probably going to look so different, so. That's good. That's I'm going to say, right. well, I have reasons. They don't have to be your reasons. Yeah, your yeah, reasons yeah, are yeah, who you yeah, think. Yeah, it's all good. Um, cool G Rap. Mm. Rock him. Yeah. Black Thought. Mm. Pharaoh Munch. That's four. Who was the first one I said? Cool I said Cool G Rap. Okay, Karis one. Okay. Mm. If you put all five of those, to me, that's the dream team. But yeah. my Rock, Rock, Rock Kim, I, you always say Rock Kim every time I ask. Yeah, Rock Kim, yeah. Rock yeah. Kim's the god. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, I, oh every other rapper below that is influenced by those five yeah. people. Yeah, boy. From That's concepts true. to, you know, and an honorable mention will be Chuck D. Yeah. That's, that's the, you know, Feral Munch, Cool G, come on, man. Yeah. I ran into KRS One in the most uh, like like I wouldn't have expected it. I was walking just like because it was out of nowhere and it was down it was in Woodland Hills, but mm. I was just going down to grab something from the market, right. and as I'm walking in, uh, K 
KRS is walking out with his girl, and I just uh, took me <laughs> off guard, and I was like, KRS one, and he goes, all day, all night, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that was it, and then he walked off. That's cool, oh, man. Wow. He got to perform. We got to perform with KRS. That was yeah, that was yeah. Oh, that was yeah. That was, that's right. great. Um, Miles, what for you got? me, um, he has a big wide. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he never because I'm I'm putting Kanye in top five. Okay, sure. okay, okay. Um, Kendrick. Okay. Um, you forgetting Kendrick? I don't know why you didn't. No, I don't forget Kendrick, but I just um, know. Go ahead, I'll tell you after. Okay, but. okay. Kanye, Kendrick. Uh, ooh, yeah, J Cole's crazy ooh. too. Um, Wait, Kendrick. Okay, Kendrick, Kanye, Drake, Drake. Drake. Um, see, from there, I don't even know. Like, ooh, who? Like, what rap? Like. I don't even know, like... Just who's your favorites? I mean... Because my favorites go by, like, certain songs. So if I like uh, a song, sure, I just, you sure. know. Another way to answer Dan's J. question... J. Cole, you were just J. saying Cole, J. Cole. Four. Who would you um, tell the DJ to play right now? Okay, that doesn't make in no sense. Because okay. I could just play, play from the most random <laughs> okay, artists. Okay, okay. And I'm so not going to put them in the top five of all time. So yeah, you got J. Cole, no Kendrick, um, Kanye. Um, Who else do I talk about a lot? Um, you talk about Travis Scott and also yeah, uh, Travis Scott. Oh, okay. I mean, um, I don't know. With me, I feel like I have two different lists. I'll have like a list of all time lists, and then I'll have like a like a this era list. Because then yeah, if I had a this right, era right. list, I could just go on all day. Right, right. Talk about Travis Scott. That's hard. It doesn't discount anyone like else. else. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> okay. like I just feel we are putting like newer artists and stuff like yeah. in an all time thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's art. So, you pick yeah, whoever yeah. you want to, man. Yeah. So what about I mean, what about know. this? You know, you guys are kind of known for for uh, for emceeing and, and hip hop music, but um, what what's kind of like? What are your top five songs like in other genres that no one would expect you love? Oh, that's be, a good question. Like you be listening to the song. What's that one song that you be playing all the time? The, he makes fun of me because well, you I know play what song I'm talking about, right? Africa, the Toto. Yeah, That that song is just the mood. It's a vibe. It just gives yeah, me yeah. a different vibe. Of course, I could easily play any hip hop song and, and make me want to be. He'd he be but... liking Coldplay too. Like he'd be putting Coldplay oh, yeah. on Coldplay his slideshows. On... So... He'd be making slideshows and he'll just put Coldplay in the background of his slideshows. Shout out to Coldplay of his family slideshows. They yeah. wrote some catchy songs. That that Cole, that Chris Martin man. You know what was always growing up. So those are those, those would be two. Okay, any song from Coldplay? To... Oh, oh, um, um, was that what, what was it? What was oh, that? what was the group name? Nights over Egypt. No, Nights over Egypt. Love that song. What was no? no. What, what was is that? that? Um, group? Nights over Egypt. Boom, 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 boom. Nights over Egypt. What was the group that we uh, was like Alabama? The Jones South? Girls. The Jones Girls. Go ahead, Alabama something. Alabama. Oh, Alabama Shakes. Alabama Shakes. Oh man, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ooh, Alabama Shakes. Brittany Howard, the singer. From, yeah. We went and saw her yeah. down like a year ago. My wife and I. She yes. is incredible. Yeah, incredible. that's just a, it's a it's just a different vibe, and those are more current, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah. there was a song that hit me like that when I grew up. Always, simply red, holding back, holding oh, back. Oh yeah, here. simply red. He could sing too. What a great voice! And then Patty LaBelle. I want to go I'll to leave see. it with Patty LaBelle. 
If Only You Knew. Uh, those songs, when I play those songs, yeah. if I play it myself, they make me feel the same way I feel if Black Thought just dropped a new song right now or right, something. Right, like, I'm right. trying to find you know, it. It's just, it's just deep. It used to be cameo, but those songs are deep. It's too much to name. Go ahead, I just ha- I just entered my last me. interview is this uh, singer Cy Smith. Do you know Cy? Yes. No. She's yeah. She's a yeah, great yeah. singer, and she uh, one of her first memories was her mom took her to go see Patti LaBelle, and Patti pulled her up from the crowd and oh, brought her up hmm. on stage. Yeah. 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 I met Patti. <laughs> I met Patti, and I just lost it. Like, you know, you would think like if you meet like Holly Berry, or if you meet, you know, when I met Patti, I was just like, your voice. I don't think she know, put it this way. I don't think Patty knows how dope her voice is. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure. Her she voice. Does. I'm, I'm just sure saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty like sure. Aretha she does. Franklin like Aretha Franklin knows she's dope, right? Yeah. Michael Jackson knew he was dope. Yeah. Prince knew he was dope. Yeah. Patty LaBelle, I don't think she realizes. Sure. Like, I don't know. Maybe don't I'm just know. tripping, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who you Every got? Up. Yeah, I, I still can't. I mean, I don't know. I I, I okay. can't. It's because it's like it, it's just weird because it's like with me, like with him yeah. and the difference between him and me. Like yeah. with I'll listen to stuff he listens to, and then I'll listen to the stuff that like I listen to because right. he doesn't be listening to stuff I listen to a lot. Sometimes, yeah. like he'll only listen to stuff that I play for him. You got me into J Cole. Yeah, but J Cole is like a mix in between our eras. You got me True. into Corday. You got me into Corday. Yeah, but you don't like you only listen to certain songs that I play you like. Yeah, because you got like, me into X. Yeah, but same thing like. Okay. Do you? I mean, you listen to like Drake and stuff, but like it doesn't, you know. You got me into Drake. And See, he knows and like when it comes to Drake, because Drake's so versatile. You True. know, he sings a lot. He'll be like, he'll do one of those like, check this out, but I'm only gonna play you this song by Drake. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you like the MC aspect of. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Jay Z. I forgot Jay Z. Jay Z, right, right. Jay Z, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the topic with a lot of guys. You're, I mean, your dad's. I think you're a little younger than me, Jack. No, are we the same? I'm seventy. Forty-eight this year. Okay, yes, yeah, so I'll be fifty this year. But okay. a lot of guys around our age, it's like the the dividing factor is the music production with a lot of hip hop these days you know like yeah. i just can't do the trap beats like it drives me nuts <laughs> i can't do it like i have you know, to have some funky sample drums i can't have <laughs> I can't, it just drives like something right. it does with my yeah. heart palpitates differently you know what me when i listen to it i think the vibe of the songs if you're just listening yeah. it hits you one way but if you want to dance to it. I feel like that with like 50 right. Cent. I right. never really liked to listen to 50 Cent, yeah. but if I was enjoying myself dancing, getting yeah. into no, it, like, he would be the one music that I... Nowadays is, it, it, like, I don't think music is really like lyric influence as much nowadays as it used to be. True. Like yeah. nowadays it's more energy, like the energy, energy. that is in the yeah. like, If it's yeah. like a sad song, like it's just a sad song. If it, it like, it doesn't matter. Like the, the You concept. can say the most wild lyrics, but it's a sad song. Yeah. You know? True. So it, it's different because so many different artists can 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 do that in either way. And so that's why like like I could I could go to a club and hear Drake and dance to it, but I might yeah. not be playing that as my first song if I was DJing. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. But I'm listening to it, you know. But at the same time, if I was DJing for a crowd, 
I probably wouldn't be playing all straight boom bap style. I probably would be playing more yeah. songs that get you, get you feeling your body feeling a different way than just what your ear is hearing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I who else you got? You said I gave five. I gave. Oh, you did? Yeah, Kendrick. Okay. Uh, Kendrick, you brought in Jay Z. Oh, Jay Z. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people, so it's hard to say because there's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can see behind me. I got thousands of records like you guys do. Oh, sure. uh, just, uh, oh but you know what? You know what he loved growing up. Huh? You love. You probably remember. You probably do. You might not. Cameo, shake, shake, shake. Oh, uh, yeah. What was that one? It was another song, uh, Cameo Man, I used to love. I mean, isn't Candy a Cameo song? Candy is. Oh, yeah, you did used to like that. <laughs> but you would. But, but there was another one that. Oh, no, no, that? you just said the. What was that song called again? Shake, shake, shake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like literally, he would lose it. When yeah, that song nah, that's came why out, I that song was crazy. He would I lose it listening, or if we went to a jam, yeah. and he's not battling. I mean, if you battled, it was on. We have videos of that. But when the yeah. DJ would drop that song, yeah, you reacted the same way now, like if a Travis Scott <laughs> Drake song came on. Yeah. You would that's like crazy. be the first one in the cipher. Yeah. Crazy. Mo- molecular reaction. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. great. Man. Yeah. Oh, well, and Barcades. Barcades, too. Oh, Barcades. Yeah, I got some Barcades records, too. They're great. Yeah. Well, lastly, I'm going to leave you guys with this. We've talked right. about MCs. We've talked about different kind of music. But as far as entrepreneurs and acting and music, who do you both look up to and why? Ooh. That's a good question. Um, entrepreneurs and who did you say? Just mm-hmm. entrepreneurs in acting and or music that are doing okay. things or have done stuff that's inspiring to you that you kind of... Probably like Will Smith because it's like... Mm. Like when it comes to Will Smith, like I can't see him as an actor or like, you know, because obviously, you know, he's made me... And his album has like... It's one of the biggest like out. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, going to acting to all yeah. the stuff he does, it's yeah. like, yeah. I don't know, probably him, you know, LeBron. I look up to LeBron, you know, yeah. a lot. Um, I don't know. It's no just a limits. lot of like, yeah, you know. So what would you say? Um, you you he's answered this question to me and mom, to me and Cindy. I mean, so you're leaving out a lot of. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, but you, you've told me Robert Downey. Oh yeah, oh. I mean, but but like he he's asking like entrepreneurs like multiple things. Like, okay, okay, okay. All right. He's got his I'll... hands in lots of stuff, though. Robert Downey, doesn't he? He's yeah, not just yeah. Acting. He's now, Robert Downey's my favorite actor of all time. That's yeah, oh, that's yeah. what he's amazing. Yeah. Um, I can see uh, LeBron. I really respect him yeah. a lot for what he does on the court and off the court. Mm. I'm talking from his body conditioning, how he handles himself on the court, what he's done off the court. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have seen that had it not been from him for him being such a fan. Because yeah. I I would I would be the the old school guy like well, he's still not Jordan, well, he's still <laughs> yeah. no Jordan. Yeah. I would have right. been that. He he right. took it took him to open my eyes up more. To, so I agree with him on on that. I even agree with him on Will Smith because not to say, but everything he said, the way Will Smith now just seems to be just enjoying everything. Yeah, because yeah. like Will Smith, like I feel like he's not like I don't think like because I want to be like the type of like. Well, I'm not on the schedule or anything, or like I'm not attached to a certain like thing I want to do. Like 
if Will Smith gets an like he can get two offers from completely two different jobs a, a music thing a, an acting thing something right. else and then you know just it's like whatever he wants so. without being in a box exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree um there's only so many people who can do that who are just not boxed yeah. down by anything. Opportunities yeah. from everywhere. I would say Stevie Wonder. Mm. Mm. I mean, Michael Jackson. Am I dumb? Am I forgetting? Yeah, right, right. Michael Jackson. I would say Stevie because no matter how dope, no matter how dope he is, yeah. when I keep seeing clips of him younger, yeah. It just seemed like he's a sponge still soaking up everything. Yeah. The stories I hear about how he would learn and be in the back for, you know, and then then come to, you know, and now I my best memory is him doing a concert, charity. Everyone's there to see him. Yeah. But he's on the mic going, all right, now let's bring out Houdini. Let's freestyle (laughs) right now. Yeah. Like, I want to be like that when I'm, like, 80 years old. Like, right. all right, you know, that, yeah. that I don't see a lot of guys do that, you know, like that. Um, yeah. I do also like his um, sister on Blackish, mm. Marseille, yeah. showing how possible it is for young kids to step into the world of production the way mm. she, the way she is. And I know right. they're, like, really close friends. But it's dope to witness it mm. close up than just from a distance if we did if I didn't know her. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's just like that's like me wanting to do music and my guy right here does it. And it kind of makes me yeah. I'm seeing it through his eyes, so it makes me more confident I can right. do it. So that that to me is dope. Um yeah, I think I mean there's so many, but those are the you know, besides Denzel, Denzel, yeah. like pff, Well that's crazy. I mean I've talked with, you know, a, a bunch of people about this and I think relationships are the most important thing in this business. And you yeah. saying, you know, having that person right next to you who's doing what you want to be doing and then being willing to kind of lead you through it, the steps to yeah. take to make it happen. Right. That's what this whole podcast I'm hoping becomes, you know, is oh, like, yeah. here's people who've done it, you know, learn from this. Here's right. a here, here's kind of the step by step as as much as we can remember, you know, to help right. help people make their dreams come true. For sure, for sure. So yeah. Miles and Jack Brown, thanks so much for being on, you guys. Thank you, man. Thank Salute you. To everything you do, man. Thank Salute you. to everything you do, man. Keeping yes. it funky Thank all the you. time, too, man. Much appreciated. <laughs> so much gratitude for you guys taking your time out today. Thank you. Word up. Perfect. Thank you. All right, okay. man. Salute. All right. See you soon. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Conduit. The Conduit is brought to you by Crew S Studio and DanYubeProductions.com. I'd like to dedicate this episode to the memories of Jack's Uncle Tony and Mr. Animation. Many thanks to the folks at Squadcast, Polymash, Captivate, We Edit Podcasts, Universal Audio, Audio Technica, Sure, and Avid. Extra special thanks to my brothers from other mothers, Scott Power, Bill Coulter, and Alex Dezer. And last but not least, go check out Soul Picnic, my hand-picked music playlists on notrealart.com. Until next time, this is Dan Ubik, 
signing off.